And I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? 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 Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gentlemen Overlords post-100 episodes. It's a new show. Uh, hi, I'm Andrew, and joined with me today are... Max. I'm Max. And Robert. I'm I'm Robert. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. That I, I guess I only introduced myself once. I'll do it again. I'm Andrew. Um, that's a new thing we're doing in the post-100 episodes is we're introducing ourselves twice. Uh, just in case there's somebody who's like, wait, who's that? Again? Oh, right. Yeah, it was, big, it was a big complaint of uh, fans. They like, didn't know not only who we were, but uh, what what our names were in general. Right. We got laid into for the first hundred episodes. And we refused to change until we hit the hundred mark. And now that we're there, why not? In our defense, in our defense, we didn't check any of our messages until episode one hundred. So, <laughs> yeah. Why don't we crack open these messages? And oh my god, so many things we could have done better. Because <laughs> internet comments always lead to to constructive criticism. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Uh, guys, speaking of uh, constructive criticism, why don't we talk about some <laughs> movies we've seen? <laughs> Don't you forget about me. Look my way, girl. Something breakfast. Movies we've seen. And uh, punch them up. And punch them up, yeah. If there's anything, uh, we're all, we've are all we all decided to become writers, too. So we're going to punch up a lot of these movies. That's kind of the new uh, format for the show is uh, a roundtable punch-up. Um, Robert, why don't you go first? What movies have you seen this time? Uh... I, you know, you know, I'm watching movies every at least every Thursday, Friday with the uh, the Discord, and um, the last one was Last Action Hero. Oh yay! With old old Arnie Schwartz. Is that is um, that the one with uh, Anakin? No. What? That's jingle, that's jingle all the way. <laughs> jingle all the way. That's what I'm the, thinking the, of. Oh oh, I think about the character of Anakin. Oh yeah, you Master? know. It. Uh, no, Last Action Hero, which is, um, and then coincidentally, I think was covered on um, the Action Boys podcast soon after. Um, and I don't believe they liked it, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I I like seeing it again. If, have you guys seen it? I feel like I have, but my memory is terrible. I thought it was Jingle All the Way, so who knows? I similarly mix Christmas up. Uh, I mix up Last Action Hero and True Lies, as far as like. Oh my god! Like so I'm similarly with Max. I'm not positive. I actually wow. did it immediately after I did that with uh, Jingle All the Way. I did it with True Lies again, uh, but then I, I realized my mistake. I'm I'm baffled. This is this is just insane. Okay, so but it is so, Batman Forever, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> the the long and short of Last Action Hero is that a kid via a magic movie ticket is transported into the film of his favorite action star. Arnold Schwarzenegger as to something or other, some, some whatever action name. Um, but he is like within the movie, like all of the rules apply, like the chief will chew him out. And the kid knows that because he's seen all the previous films. And there's for some reason, like just in like two scenes, like an animated cat, 
like, walks around and he's voiced by Danny DeVito and he's like, how do you explain this? Like, we're in a movie. And he's like, I've known that officer for 15 years. It's very bizarre. It's like a meta movie. And the craziest thing about all of this is that at one point they go back to the real world and the action hero from the movie Arnold Schwarzenegger at one point crosses paths with Arnold Schwarzenegger who plays him. Um, it's aye, it's aye, something aye, else. Aye. I'm so it's, it's great. Like it's basically like uh, there's a red carpet and they have to sneak in, but the actual Arnold is there, even though like the the version that's like a, an uh, it would be like if his character from Predator came out into the real world. He isn't Arnold. He's like that weird guy who goes and like destroys villages in the jungle and then gets killed by the Predator. So it, it's a completely original character that <laughs> I say that like he's you know. Oh my god, this is amazing. Uh no, it's it's really weird though. Um it's not like a perfect movie, but I think it's the meta stuff is really fun. I think mm-hmm. it, it maybe even plays better nowadays. Nice. Um what else did I see? Oh, watched all three of the Jackass movies. <laughs> oh boy. Was that the first time? No, 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 no. I I saw that. I I'm, I'm actually trying to remember I'm an how many auto if... of the Jackass movies. So no, 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 no. Of course I've seen them all. Um <laughs> Uh, but of course, uh, no, I've, I saw them before. I'm actually just trying to remember if I saw, I must've seen s- some of them in the theater. Don't remember which ones though, but, um, definitely muted and minimized the window on a couple of, <laughs> on a couple scenes. Didn't need to see those again. But, um, I think my, my favorite part of any of the Jackass stuff is when they're only affecting one another and, and usually if no animal is involved, even if the animal is being treated safely, I would just rather like a snake not be around or anything like that. But if they're just fucking with each other for the most part, it's okay. I guess my like threshold gets smaller and smaller. Cause I also don't like paper cuts and crazy shit like yeah. that. And there's something like there's stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Which I can't, that's, that's one where I was it's like, cool if, they, if they fall off a building in like a, in a grocery cart, I like, I'm probably the same way where like they can do something that's so like physically damaging that like you're just like oh you know like uh, you know whatever but like yeah like a paper cut or something like that where it's like that for some reason that stuff really drives me up the wall i mean obviously there's there's always going to be an element of like you can feel that to some stuff like that um but there's a lot of ones that the gags that are like relatively innocent they're like, there's one where they like have just like a ramp over a lake and they put like rockets on a sharp shopping cart and basically try and like launch themselves. And it's like, like, I don't think anyone, you know, no one broke their back, I don't think. And it was like cool looking and everyone was having fun. And I was like, this is like the best for me. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I know there's like a lot more outlandish things, but I feel like that's the distillation of, of the jackass that I like where it's not, it's not really harming outside parties and stuff like They're that. They're not punishing so. people who are not willing participants in the show. And they don't really do, I mean, I feel like there's only a, there's instances where they're totally you know, running through public in all the movies and it's kind of like the gag is like, oh my gosh, all the normies have to see us in a weird costume or doing a weird thing. But I, and I don't prefer that. I think like, it's fine when some people are shocked or like, oh, what was that weird thing? But uh, yeah, I, I like the isolation. I like, I like those little, those little moments the best. Yeah. I like it when they avoid, avoid the pain and just do the stupid stuff like urban kayaking and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. That's good. Just, rolling around like even even some light stuff i've seen like pushing each other into bushes or something like that where it's not really gonna but like grinding across concrete and stuff or like hitting each other with with heavy mallets that kind of stuff i'm not into that classic jackass scene where they have like harlequin mallets and they're slamming (laughs) each other on the head like a -a whack-a-mole 
Yeah, I'm not, actually, I'm surprised they didn't do that. That would have been funny if all of the guys were popping up on a thing and someone was... <laughs> I guess I was thinking of cro- croquet balls and uh, the croquet mallets. I, I got those. But, like, into their crotches? I th- yeah, I, like, I haven't seen any of the movies, so the only thing oh, wow. I know is I think there was a uh, croquet balls to the nuts. And There's then... stuff like that. There's one where they, um, like, this guy, like, they run into a, um, maybe, this, I don't know if this is a show or the movie, but they run into a bowling alley and then jump on their belly on a skateboard down the alley to hit the pins, and on one of the runs, like, Knoxville throws, like, a bowling ball and it goes right into, uh, between his legs, uh, if you know what I mean. Youch. Yeah. Set the scene a little more, Robert. <laughs> um, I would, and I I would hate to know those guys. I really would. You would hate to know them? Yeah, to be oh, around Just as far them. as like, you might accidentally get like wrapped into some of their collateral damage? Yeah. I think like you have to sign waivers and stuff, so... It's also not like like they wouldn't invite you over to play like board games and then like all of a sudden you're in like a catapult or something like you know it's like i think there's a lot of there is like, like, obvious there is that, pretty good, that good gag where like i think it's like a shared office or whatever you know it like looks like it's like a place where it's like a kitchenette in a production office and like is it's just big all hand? the guys yeah coming down the hallway and then a giant hand like slings out with like powder or like something gross on it or like one of the guys is, like carrying a bunch of soup and it like smashed into him and it's like that's really that's really funny like i mean they're going to be fine. They're going to get up. It's just, and most of them like laugh. They think it's great that they got, got like that. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's mostly what I've seen. Max, what about you? I haven't seen a whole lot. Just kind of what we're going to be talking about. Well, that's do you want, it in terms of movies. Do you want to talk about it now? No. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about it now? Well, I, I, I want, I, the I only TV I've seen is, and I've only seen one thing. So if we want to just try, Transition from movies to that, or Andrew, if you have something before that. Uh, yeah. Have you seen any movies, Andrew? Yeah, I I watched My Spy, which is the Dave Batista, <laughs> Kristen Shaw movie that's on uh, uh, Amazon. Oh, how was that? Oh my gosh, Jenny Jenny asked if we were going to do that for the podcast, and I thought, you know, that does seem kind of like a podcast movie. Um, if you guys want to do it for the next episode, I can save my thoughts. I oh oh, because you've seen it already. Great, cool. Yeah, I oh, am lording this over you. I have power right now much well, like, with, much like Dave with Batista. That, with that power what do you think of the movie for for a podcast movie you think it's worth doing um it's not not Sounds worth like doing no. it's not not worth doing but i wouldn't like it has a like a middling number on rotten tomatoes and i don't disagree with it um, it doesn't mean it's not worth talking about wow. and it like just re it's like, a, it, I mean, it's a pretty big release on prime, so it wouldn't be totally not worth talking about. And like, I fucking love Dave Batista, So like, I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm willing to talk more about it if you guys want to do it as a main thing. Robert, what do you think? I think this is a, a scintillating conversation for on pod. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm down for whatever it's. I, I didn't think about it, but yeah, we could. It's settled then. <laughs> I think this is the first time we've decided on a movie on mic. Wow. Um, Breaking new ground. It's a it's a whole new decade. You're right. <laughs> hey, we're say, we're saying. And names twice. We're bu- we're booking the next episode in the episode. We're really committing, you guys. That's right. To some, you know, that's yeah. that's a lot. You thought this podcast wow. podcast wouldn't change when we broke off a new hundo, but we're proving you wrong. 
Uh, <clears throat> what's the other movie I watched? Oh, Desperados on Netflix. That's with. Oh, uh, I watched that too. I forgot to mention that. Nassim Pedrad and Lamorne Morris and Robbie. Nassim Pedrad. Nassim Pedrad. Um, I I liked it. It's um, it's I I like it a lot more when it sort of drops the gross out humor stuff that they that they do a little bit in the first like thirty minutes of the movie. Um, right. once they get past that, I think it's kind of a. I mean. Nassim Pedrad and Lamorne Morris played romantic interests in New Girl for like three seasons, so it was like interesting to see them uh, pick up their chemistry again in a movie. And uh, I-, I think they are so fun and electric together on screen that I was just happy to see them on screen together again. But um, yeah, I think once chemistry, it- chemistry and electric. It sounds like the Amazing Spider-Man too. <laughs> uh-huh yeah everybody shh. Yeah. see i hey for the listeners at home like i can see andrew now so like Ugh. um <laughs> so rob rob's out of here and andrew's andrew's gone forever uh so yeah i i enjoyed desperados robert what do you think of desperados um yeah i like i liked it i you know i thought it was pretty standard fare um Wish our boy Mitch was in it more. Oh, that's right. Mitch that, was in it for like yeah, like two minutes. That was that was a nice surprise. I couldn't tell because he if um uh it sounded like there was maybe more scenes or he had he had at one point been in some of the scenes in Mexico, but but uh we all know Holly Weird, right? <laughs> right. Poor guy was flying hey, Mexico. I, I don't have to say I don't have to say any more. Yeah. Um No, it was it was fine. I it's not really my cup of tea. It was kind of, you know, it was sort of like a, a fine kind of romantic comedy-ish thing. It was fine. Yeah. Not the most offensive thing I've ever seen, which would be weird. Holly if weird. T- if it turned out to be the most offensive thing you'd ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I have just like the, this is like an insane review where I'm like, Netflix, what are you doing? I'm canceling my Netflix <laughs> subscription for even this script, even passing by your door. Yeah, it was totally fine. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, I feel like some of those, some of the actors in it, uh, I haven't seen in, like, a lot of movies recently, and so I'm always happy to have people kind of... Yeah, Heather Graham showing up in this movie and looking not much more than, like, a day aged from the last time I saw yeah, her, which would have been like, immortal. in, like, the mid-2000s, I think, was probably the last time I saw her in something, and so, like, to see her really not have aged that much was was very yeah, it just looked like she was in boogie nights she was just like looked exactly the same right. basically it was yeah um so yeah i i don't know i enjoyed it i wouldn't give it like a hearty recommendation but i think it's like a it's a it's a fine it's worth a little watch um yeah and you're and you're a fan of like you watch some of the the lifetimes and stuff like that so the lifetimes <laughs> the movies you, you love a good romantic comedy i do i i don't think you would classify ro- like lifetime movies as romantic comedies all what are you talking about all lifetime movies are romantic comedies <laughs> Rob, put you on blast. i think lifetime movies are more like my my babysitter the murderer is more like the lifetime movie <laughs> Oh, I'm thinking, I'm sorry, you're right. I'm thinking of, like, Hallmark. I apologize. Yeah, fuck you. You think I don't yeah, know my yeah, okay. lifetime? You're right. That, you're right. That makes more sense. That's really, that's good. 
Um, um, Andrew, and Andrew, I'm going to have to talk to you about this uh, off pod. This is this is wild already. The new the new generation of episodes. We're calling each other out. The t- tension's high. We're we're calling out the movie we're going to do next. Anyway, it's big. It's brand new. Big. It's yeah. bold. I hope everybody's enjoying this new format because it could it could change any second so yeah also like so so funny to like do all these crazy changes on the 100th hundredth episode um we're gonna also introduce a baby to boost ratings that's the that's the next move after episode two and max we're we're gonna have to have you ask you to become a baby done i've been a baby my whole life uh let's uh, guys why don't we move into some tv shows we've seen TV shows we've seen. <laughs> we've seen. Uh, Rob, have you seen any TV? Just, just the Samsons. Just an old uh, episode of, of the Foxes, the Samsons. Uh huh. Um, which was uh, Lisa's rival. Classic, classic episode. That is, of course, Winona Ryder as Allison. The new That's right. student who vexes Lisa because she is smarter. Mm. Um, and the B plot, of course, is Homer comes upon an overturned sugar truck <laughs> and <laughs> steals the sugar and is trying to resell it and is forcing his family to eat it and he's protecting it but with a bat at night. It's so, so funny. On top of already like a good a good plot of Lisa getting jealous and kind of sort of wrestling with the idea of not being perfect or being the number one. Um, just a solid episode. I love it. Oh, and some great Ralph Wiggum lines, including it all culminates, of course, in this talent show or this, uh, pardon me, a diorama uh, competition. And Skinner and, and, and all the faculty are not, are not uh, happy with Lisa or Allison's and they instead Skinner likes... Ralph has just brought a bunch of unopened Star Wars figurines. <laughs> oh, it's so so good. That's a good one. Anyway, so anyone who's seen The Simpsons knows what I'm talking about. Great episode. Just just uh yeah, perfect. Homer is such a great character, but I think he's like an especially good B plot character. Like he's it, like <laughs> the episodes that focus on Homer are like there's also a bunch of good ones, but when he's there's, like, there's a little less like stakes too, because like there's there's so many good heartfelt moments with homer yeah. but it, it you you could argue that like part part of the charm is also that you know he's like a dummy with a heart of gold but like it feels like every episode of course he forgets the good deed he did before <laughs> so i think yeah. you're right that like he's he's just kind of like he's crazy for the sugar of the episode and it's so funny the other part i really like is um towards the end of the episode um a bunch of bees show up on his sugar and he, and he, he <laughs> He tries to swap them off. They're like, ow, they're defending themselves somehow. <laughs> and um, then the beekeepers nearby who are losing all their bees go to find, you know, follow them. or like, oh, what's happening? And they're like, you know, Homer, you know, how you know, clever of you to draw your bees here with a sugar, uh, you know, and, and resell them to us. And he's like, bees doing the what now? And the other beekeeper, Mr. Simpson, you diabolical. <laughs> Um, okay, so basically, I'm just going to keep quoting the whole episode until great. I stop. So, great, great episode. You, someone else talk. Uh, Max, have you watched any TV? Uh, yeah, a, a little bit. I, I watched a few more episodes of The Misfits, uh, and it got pretty pretty stupid. I, I think it might get better after this, but uh, there was one plot point where um, 
one of the characters starts dating a guy who shows up and uh it turns out that he's a fucking gorilla like a a, a gorilla from the zoo that got turned into a human uh-huh. and he turns he turns back into a gorilla after he carries her up the side of a building oh, and they use like really terrible cg when he's climbing up uh is he a that, big gorilla is what is he like big he's well okay he's, so they go to a, a costume party which is it's british so they call it something different that's not costume party a costume that really like they add a couple years <laughs> in the costume <laughs> No, they, it, it's a totally different set of words, and it means something different over here. Uh, I forget what it is, but I was so confused until they showed up. Oh, I think they called it like a black tie event or something weird like that. Parade? Uh, I don't know. And, but uh, he was dressed up as a gorilla, and then he, he carries her up to the top of the uh, building, gets shot, dies. She takes the gorilla mask off, and there's a gorilla face underneath. It is so stupid. Jeez, it's really man. the low point of the show from what I've seen so far <laughs> or that I remember. <laughs> so we'll see. I'll leave a little bit of space left open because maybe Misfits gets dumber than a gorilla in a gorilla mask, but I doubt it. And then I watched a little bit of um, actually a prequel series to the White Fragility book that's out now Okay, uh, called Downton Abbey. and um, it's all about just that was very clever. Oh uh, yeah, it's good. It's it's pretty ridiculous how what these people choose to get offended over and like what really shakes their entire world that like the wrong fork was brought up or their soup was cold or that kind of stuff. It's like it was gazpacho, dude. <laughs> yeah, get real. Yeah, anything that's new, anything that's different really uh sets off a a whole hour-long episode. Uh, I mean, nowadays, people don't get set off by changes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all that, all that stuff's out of there. Whites are no longer fragile. Nope. Uh, but it's it's good, and I'm. It has uh, Daredevil in the first episode. It has Legion throughout the whole thing. It, <laughs> Holy shit! This this show rocks. Yeah, you know it. in the MCU. That's crazy. Wait, are the new mutants in it? <laughs> that's where they're. That's where they're finally gonna air new mutants. <laughs> Andrew, get that music here. <laughs> <laughs> dun 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 dun. Uh, oh, it all also it has Maggie Smith in there. I think she is like the standout performer, uh, McGonagall from. Whoa! It also crosses over with famous The Simpsons, <laughs> turf authors universe. <laughs> but Maggie Smith does a great job in there. Well, she's always, I mean, she's always excellent. Exactly. How dare you? <laughs> oh, she does a really good job of being like a an unlikable character that you have to like. Like her, her performance of it is fantastic, but she's always like telling women to stay in the kitchen and, and be domestic and not do anything creative. Oh, but, Maggie, but, what an ally. Yeah. Down Navy, check it out. You'll love it. Anything else? And that's Matt? all I've seen. That's it. Cool. Uh, I watched and finished Space Force on Netflix. And uh, it's the first two episodes are fine. Like, I think that actually the second episode is bad. Um, first episode's fine. Okay. Second episode's bad. 
And then the rest of the series, I think, is pretty good. So, like, um, it's uh, it's worth following up on because, like, I kind of gave up on it because I didn't really love the first or second episode. So I just kind of figured the whole series was probably not going to be very good. But I think it really picked up after the second episode. It's only 10 episodes. So. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I ended up enjoying it quite a bit. There's, It's a great cast. It's... Steve Carell, uh, uh, Tony Newsome, John Malkovich, Benny Schwartz. Um, what is, uh, uh, is it Jimmy Yang? Jimmy O. Yang, um, is in it. It's, it's a very funny cast. Very fun. Like the show ends up, like I said, after a couple episodes ends up being very funny. So Space Force, I enjoyed it. What's it about? Cool. Uh, it's, it's about what you think it is. It's, a uh, a fictitious president starting a space force division in our government and them trying to, uh, start a successful, do a successful moon launch. Cool. Within a short amount of time, because the president wants the good publicity for doing a cool space launch. And do they show the president? No, this president is never present in the show. There are um there are three distinct analogs for uh Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, I did hear I did hear about this and it, it kind of made me groan. It's a little that part's a little cringeworthy. It's just like it's unnecessary, but because like the show is driven by um the you know, the main comedic actors i think it 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 saves itself from being too corny where like that is definitely drifting into like being a little too corny for its own good but otherwise yeah oh jessica st Clair is also in it and plays a pretty prominent role which i was happy to see her in something oh, else because i haven't really seen her in much lately but um yeah i give it a i give it a soft recommendation for the first two and then a good hearty recommendation for the final eight episodes and I think that's it for me for TV. Guys, why don't we talk about some of these musicals? You reach in my pocket, pull out some dough. Girl acted like she'd never seen a 10 before. It's all about the Hamiltons, baby. Throw the snacks in a bag. And I'm ghost like Swayze. La-da-dee. Robert? That's my contribution. Robert, are you going to sing? No, I'm going to let you, I didn't, I didn't know, I was leaving room for a possible uh, clip. Um, I, don't, I don't sing for free, my man. Well, uh, let's see. So well. we, we had, we, well, we had two great musicals to, that we want to talk about. Um, Robert, you and Max, or Max, did you watch the one? Yeah, I did. Watched? Okay. I did. Um, so the two of you wanted to talk about a certain musical, and then Max and I also saw a musical that is quite topical at the moment, but um, Rob, lead us off. Uh, the musical I, I chose to speak about is one of my favorites, Start to Finish, and that would be uh, Little Shop of Horrors, starring Rick Moranis and Ellen Green and featuring cameos from John Candy and Jim Belushi and uh, a myriad of uh, other great uh, character actors, and um, I don't know. I think just it's it's a dark comedy. Um, Moranis is like peak. I think like I just kind of uh, 
I kind of like feel for his character so much. I feel like Helen Green, who I might be wrong, but I believe she's the only person from the original stage production that transferred over to be part of the film. And um, she has, I mean, we can talk about it, but she, she sings a song in this that like makes me sore. Like I can't like, it's just like such a cool, I, it's maybe one of my favorite like musical songs. What kind of um, sore do you mean there? Do you, do you like, you start aching or are you flying through the air? I, oh, I'm soaring in the clouds, my friend. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 uh, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it, but I'm, I, it's, it's just a musical that I, I, I love so dearly. And, uh, I'm trying to remember, Max, did you say that it's just, it had just been a while or you had just not seen this in a bit or? Yeah, it's been a, maybe, I think I actually have seen it within the last five years or, or so. Well, which but, translated to how time passes now in the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so I didn't remember it at all, but, uh, it was, yeah, it's always good to watch that again. I think. One of the songs that stands out the most is uh, "Suddenly Seymour." So even before I watched that, I was kind of like thinking, thinking that song in my head. Uh, I also noticed this time around that it had um, like both of the main female leads from Martin in it. Yes, as, as, the, as like um, the the almost like it reminds me of like the Greek chorus. Like, yeah, I love, like the Motown. I love I love that they're so great. I love that they're throughout the movie, kind of propelling it. Yeah, I, yeah, they did a great job. They had uh, a bunch of good songs. I think, really, though, there are like maybe two songs that stick with me from that movie: the main theme, and then, um, and then suddenly Seymour, and then the rest of them were kind of like new to me, even though I've seen this movie several times before. Wow. Yeah, I don't know why that is, but because they were good, they were still good songs, but they mm-hmm. just didn't didn't really stick with me the the one thing that i took away from it this watch was i cannot believe how good they did the puppetry of that plant dude is it it is um is it um uh why can't i think henson or what what is it oh no it's is it it's gotta be henson because it's directed by frank oz yes and so i would assume that he would get the the henson crew they're like just use like an elmo just use like a clean Elmo. Do you guys know that? So our high school put on a production of Little Shop of Horrors. I think Max, you had when cre- we were there. <clears throat> yeah, or at least you might not have been there yet because I think it was my sophomore year. So wow. I actually don't think either yeah, of you were there yet because Robert or Max, you yeah. hadn't transferred yet. That's uh, correct. Wow. But we did a they did a production of Little Shop of Horrors and it bankrupted the drama department for years because <laughs> hell yeah um, there was a <clears throat> one of the uh, actors who I will uh, say not say their name but Robert uh, you are good friends with the brother of this guy so um, he was supposed to be the dentist and he is a and was such an extremely talented actor in the department but he just didn't show up to a lot of rehearsals and so the uh i feel like i've heard this but i don't i'm like i'm spacing right we'll talk we'll talk about we'll talk off our off air um but he he didn't show up to rehearsals so the director hired a friend of his the director being the drama teacher so he hired a middle-aged actor an adult adult, to play the dentist who is as oh, the, the dentist, the dentist who, is, who is of course the most lascivious 
character in the show who is also dating yeah. one of is dating Audrey in the show. So oh. he's of course being cast to date yeah. a high schooler. But he hired him to be in the show. And then they also leased out the official Audrey 2 plant from the stage production of Little Shop of Horrors. What? Yeah. Are there pictures of this? I'm sure there are, but it was like, it was the official. Like, My man, you got to help me. You got to find some of this. This is, sounds incredible. I'm so upset. I mean, it sounds like, it sounds like I wasn't there yet. I wish I could have seen this. Yeah. What the hell was your drama teacher thinking? Uh, good question. That, that sounds like two very bad ideas. Yeah. The show must go on, my man. <laughs> uh, Max, yeah, and, and, the, and the other famous phrase, budget be damned. There you go, there exactly. Go. I was going to say, the show must not go on for the next couple of years because you fucking squandered it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Max, our buddy Aaron, Aaron Bond, was uh, Seymour in that production. Uh, I, I he was Seymour? Did he have Seymour, to yeah. sing? Yep. Oh, my okay, God. I, I need I, to give I, him a call. I'm not knocking... Um, uh, Rick Moranis at all, but Seymour is like kind of a nerdy guy, and I like that he's not like. I mean, I haven't. Granted, I haven't seen a lot of the stage productions, but like to me, it's not that he's not a good singer, but it's just like he's belting it a different way. Plus, the songs are a little like talk singy in some parts. So what you're saying is they should kind of singing to someone. They should remake it. They should remake it today with Zac Efron as Seymour. Yeah. He's like trying to get like a, an eight pack. He only has a six pack. Ugh, I'm such a like, nerd. They just put, yeah, they just put like dorky glasses on him, and he's like fucking like ripped and just like they like they like Justice League like they Photoshop like a like a dad bod over his abs like poorly. <laughs> um, I love I love Seymour Krillborn. I think that's such a, a great uh, great character. And I did think about it. I tried to think about it in the context of like is this kind of like nice guyish where he's like. He's waiting on this this woman, and he but he does respect Audrey, and he likes her, and she's like an older woman. He does kind of watch her, you know, with all these bad boyfriends and stuff. But I I don't know. I think it's sweet. I think I I really like. I kind of like their their journey over the the movie. When's the last time you watched it, Drew? Or you've, you've seen it's, it? It's been a couple of years. I've I've seen it. I love it. I think it's such a fun. Uh, yeah, it, it is a fun musical. I. <clears throat> Uh, for me, like yeah, I think suddenly Seymour is a standout song for sure, and mm-hmm. I've always I've always been fond of the "I'll Be a Dentist" song. And you know, that's thank you for reminding me because you, as you pointed out, he is the he is a detestable character. He yeah. he he hits Audrey. He he's a masochist and he's a dentist because he likes to inflict sadist. pain on people. He's a sadist, or uh, pardon me, a sadist. Uh, interesting. You you knew that. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, quick to quick to the, defend the, masochists. Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. The the part that always went over a little over my head and kind of like weirded me out when I was a kid, of course, was Bill Murray's cameo. Yeah, in the movie where mm-hmm. he he likes to have pain inflicted on him, and it doesn't sit well with uh, Steve Martin. But to his credit, that shitty shitty man, that character, that dentist, Steve Martin can't help but be still kind of charming. Because of because he's Steve Martin and the way he's playing him, it's still satisfying as hell when yeah. Seymour decides uh, it's morally right to get rid of him. But yeah. Um, yeah, Steve Martin does such a great job, but it is it is difficult to watch the whole abusive relationship and all that. And, and it's you know it's all it is all heightened. It feels I I maybe we'll talk about it, but like 
there's a sometimes I don't love when a musical feels like a stage production. Sometimes I do. And this one I think kind of rides that line where it's it never feels like, you know, a, a you know, flats or anything. It, it feels like a real set and everything kind of feels tangible, but it does keep a little bit of the the stage production to me. It, it mm-hmm. feels a little like that. Um, and I also sometimes I really like a musical where instead of like someone is in a band in a musical and singing a song, it's that like the world stops and kind of sings with you. And I like that about this movie that that the songs are are set that way. I agree. I agree. Rob, do you have any standouts um, in terms of songs? Oh man, uh, I mean, we've we already mentioned Suddenly Seymour, which yeah, maybe is my favorite. But Downtown, the Skid Row song, mm-hmm. is amazing. I love that song, and it 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 sets the scene because it's so early in the film for Audrey and Seymour and the place that they live, and they don't like it. There's the guy who says they go downtown and he goes where the food is schlop and he throws a bucket of like noodles out the window and it's like his wife's sitting right there and i was, I was like dude <laughs> she made she tried her best she made it for you what the fuck <laughs> um i actually love that scene too because there's a lot of and again great character actors that just start belting out of nowhere and they look like shit like they look like beat down there's like bums in the road there's people that are like shuffling you know off the train and they all just, you know, these voices explode out of them. And I think that's one of the other thing that, that sets it all off for me is it, it, uh, all of all of the random characters kind of, kind of jumping in and the great just production on the movie. Um, trying to think of, I, I do like mean green, the mean green mother from outer space. I love when the, or, and feed me when the plant, you know, wants to be fed as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Drew. Um, you'll be a dentist or the dentist song. Um, is so good. Um, even though he, he says, what does he say? Shooting puppies with a BB gun. Oh yeah. He's like piece of shit. And you're like, but you're, you're like tapping your, you're like, yeah. All right. <laughs> I look over at Scotty. Like right after that, you're like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's only hurting people now. Um, anyway, uh, but I, I can't, I, there's not enough good things to say. You know what I will say? Um, I want to say it was Carson. I did look up Ellen green on the Carson show. And I would really recommend you guys look this up or, or, and listeners look this up. She is on the show and then sings the song, not with um, Rick Moranis or, 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 you know what? Maybe, maybe it would even predated the movie. Maybe this was just off of the, the heels of the stage production, but sings with another guy. And I just can't believe it. I think the thing I love about suddenly Seymour so much is it's not just that she's belting this song, but that she's doing it with the Audrey accent and is like that character singing that song, which is why kind of the, the scene words and some of the words she says kind of have that. I, I just, I can't. That like, I love it. I love it so about, much. Like, what, Seymour, like she, when she's singing, she still yeah. has. Seymour, yeah. yeah. She's, like, she's like, someday I want, you know, she's very, I, I, I just, she commits so much to it. It's, it doesn't sound like suddenly, because, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, like a, Night Before Christmas, where like Jack Skellington is one voice talking and one voice singing. Yeah, this is this is Audrey singing. It, it's ama- I, it's amazing. It's one of my favorites. I love it so much. Yeah, I love how she emotes also while she's singing and and just oh. uh, so overexpressive, really hamming it up throughout. Yeah, the whole thing. that's the that's the staginess I like. It's almost like she's playing to the the back of the crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. She's she's incredible. I again, I could be wrong, but I think she's the sole like she was the one that that was like 
that's the Audrey from the stage show, and then she was in the movie. Yeah. One, and, one thing. Go ahead. Hmm? Go ahead, Max. No, go for it, Andrew. I'll I'll bring it up later. No, no, no. I was gonna I was gonna throw to the next thing. So you should you should say your thoughts. Oh, okay. Real quick, then before we go to the next thing, uh, I looked up afterwards. There, uh, poison ivy has a plant uh, very similar to Audrey too, who has like kind of a similar attitude. Uh, and I like totally forgot the name. And when I looked it up, the name is Frank. And I wonder if that's based off of Frank Oz. Oh, interesting. I'll bet so. I, I bet it is. And I thought that was pretty cool. Pretty cool reference. Yeah. yeah. Any other final parting thoughts before we move on to the next musical? Uh, I think I'm good. Uh, I think uh, Rick Moranis is too good for Hollywood. Hollywood doesn't deserve him. Yeah. Like, a, a, like, pieced out to like take care of his family and like was yeah and and because of how uh john candy was treated uh like how they how they pushed him and he he kind of blames hollywood for for his death yeah yeah he's a nice guy um so max you and i both saw a musical that is on the tippy top of everybody's mind right now um we watched hamilton on disney plus and oh, i watched I watched Ham Melton about uh, a sandwich. At, a, at yeah. about 30, 30 seconds on your microwave screen. Yeah. It was delicious. Um, so that's what I thought you meant, Andrew. <laughs> so Hamilton uh, is the the sensation musical that swept America for the last, like, five, six years. Um, I don't know about you. So I had not seen Hamilton. I had not really heard the songs i mean like sort of through osmosis i'd heard some of it but i'd really not i hadn't really seeked it out in terms of wanting to hear the stuff without seeing the stage production so a lot of this was new to me what about you max had you seen any of it before i had not seen any of it before apparently i'd heard uh, a few songs i think i saw some interviews with lin-manuel miranda because he was involved in uh star wars and disney stuff so i ended up (laughs) Uh, watching some of his things, yeah, it was. So it was I, really, it was I heard really... him doing some. Uh, not going to give up my shot or what? It not going to. Uh, yeah, it, it seems like both of you guys hadn't given it a shot. Oh, good. <laughs> Rob with his hands up. He's Rob, done. Yeah, he's run out of victory. What a champion! Um, what did I you... can't say anything after the ham melt song though. Ham melt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Max, what did you think of Hamilton? Um, I, I think it was overhyped, but very good. Uh, I wasn't all all that into it for the first half of it. And I thought the second half really redeemed it. Same. Absolutely. Same. I thought the first half was pretty boring. In fact, like I, it's I, I don't want to like denigrate the show because like obviously so much effort was put into it. It's well written. The music is good, but I, and like this is a problem with me in musicals anyways, especially musicals where the entire thing is done in song. Like there's mm-hmm. there's no spoken parts in the show. It's all, you know, everything's done singing. So for me, I always have a hard time with keeping up with the story uh, and like how characters are developing when it's all done through song. And so th- when the first 
half of the show happens and it's all character development and and relationships and it's all told through song i was having a really like a, a kind of a difficult time keeping up with what was happening and then by the time the second act comes around and they've established the characters and they've established the relationships i thought and they start to move actually move the story along a little more i actually found it to be a little easier to follow and better my, I think my issue is more with the first half is basically just jacking off Hamilton and the second half is talking about how uh, terrible of a person he was. Yeah. And so I, I enjoyed oh, it. Like, what I mean by that, I guess I shouldn't have phrased it like that, but basically it's, 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 it's slow. It's, <laughs> uh, I just don't like when, when they just, just talk about how amazing a person is who you know has incredible flaws and and they keep building up this personality of like oh he's a he's a go-getter and he just won't quit he's just doing everything all the time he's unstoppable and uh i don't know it just seemed very much fine we'll, we'll compliment you a little more God, jesus christ and Andrew, so, you yeah. believe this you're doing this on the podcast Fuck. i think max is Dude, great i think max is very handsome i think he yeah max you're great you guys better be singing this, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It just it just seemed like one of those things. And it also felt a lot, I think in the first half, it felt a lot more just like a, um, like a, a high school senior project or something like that. When a kid is too bored to really like pay attention, but, and, and wants to do something different. So they turn, turn it into a rap. And so they're, you Here's know, they're on the rap. Does the, does the musical start with, what is Hamilton? Webster's Dictionary defines it as. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely more uh, mature than most of the high school things, but it's along the same lines. It really felt like this was um, the the senior project that Lin-Manuel Miranda really wanted to do the whole time. Uh, like, he he just always loved Hamilton the person and studying him and, and really wanted to make this. And I, I'm, it just like, I was confused the whole first half of, of why this got so popular. And I think it's also coming off of cats, the movie, which I watched, uh, not having seen the musical. And I thought this was really popular when I was younger. It, it was huge. And yet yeah. this is trash. Like why the fuck did people watch cats in the like thousands of people watching cats? Well, and it just seems kind of like feels about cats. <laughs> I think I've already said it on the on the show, but uh, on, the, on the podcast. But it, yeah, it's just it seems like uh, some cat owner just just wrote a little fanfic about how their cat was actually a person and Andrew could Lloyd do magic. And, and but then, like you know, the the whole country is falling in love with that. So it kind of felt the same way, where it's just like everyone's all of a sudden really into studying uh, one person in history and rapping about it. Uh, and I didn't quite get what was so great about it during the first half. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think it's uh, again, like I think it picks up in terms of quality in the second, in the second act. I, I can appreciate why people like it. I can appreciate the the work that was put into it. I would never it just like the story just didn't grab me until the second act. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any particularly favorite songs or like I have, I have a, a low point song in, in the production, but 
Um, we can get to that in a second. Do you have any particular favorites that stood out to you? I like the King songs. Yeah. When when King George came in, da 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 da. That that whole thing. He was. He was for sure a highlight in like a very talent. Like everybody was very talented, but um, he was the guy who voices uh Kristoff in Frozen, and so he. Mm. He is King George. He plays this like wonderfully like off his rocker King George. Like he's just sort of, it, I, I thought he was wonderful in the production. Yeah. It's, it, and it's very fun. And it was the one that stuck in my mind more like a, the, the earworm or whatever. I forget what they call it. Um, I don't know if it was the best song of the bunch or the best songs, I guess, cause there are multiple ones. Uh, but it was the one that stuck with me. I think, I think some of the other, um, I really didn't like the, uh, the main one, the like, not going to give up my shot one. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't dig it. I think, and I keep, I don't even I, remember. I decided what it I'm not going is. to give up my shot. Shot. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, they, they have some, some clever uh, puns play on, on the word shot. But other than that, it's just like too much for them to kind of like hang the whole, um, the whole musical on that song. Yeah. The, the one I really enjoyed is it's a, they're doing a debate between, um, Alexander Hamilton and shoot. Who's he debating? But the debate is done in a battle rap. Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah. I thought that was very clever. I thought that was a very clever way. Did they just play like the YouTube like epic rap battle? Yeah, it yeah. really does sound a lot like that. I think that that's one thing that if epic rap battle didn't exist, I would probably like it a lot more. But uh, even, so, even so, I liked it a lot. I, I, they did a great job on that one. Yeah. What about like epic mealtime? Do they make like a bacon lattice like crazy mm-hmm. thing too? Yeah, that's yes, that's the bulk they do, of the, Robert. The bulk of the production. How did you know? That's the second yeah. half. That's why we liked it so much. Yeah. Did like the newsboy like auto tune the news when he sang it? <laughs> I like I like the idea that like all the stuff in this production are like very are like dated internet things now. Yeah, yeah. keyboard cat comes out like, and yeah, yeah. Hamilton does Numa Numa. <laughs> That's why people loved it at the time. <laughs> uh, good stuff. And well, like, at the very end, the sorry, I the curtain rolls down and the oh really owl is just plastered on the on the curtain it's really yeah it's very topical um Uh, yeah yeah i they say they say they say happy birthday grumpy cats like she's been passed she's passed away a couple years ago (laughs) happy birthday grumpy cat r.i.p um i thought the song at the end was the weakest song like it the, the um what is her name the the wife of of Hamilton and Lady Liberty. Oh, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Um, starts with an E. Is it Eliza? Eliza, that's it. It's Eliza. The song about Eliza, I thought was the weakest. Like it's like for a show that unfortunately the women don't have a lot to do when they finally do focus on a female character. I think it's probably the weakest song of the show, and I wish it was a stronger song because I think it's highlighting. Like basically it's like highlighting all the things she did and it's all done in this, like, let's wrap it up. We only have this amount, you know, like short amount of time. Let's, <laughs> let's throw ever like, yeah. let's throw in like 
50 years of history into one song of this person who did all these incredible things. They started, wait, they started playing like the player off music. Like <laughs> yeah, in the middle of her song. Yeah, and then like a hook came off stage and started to pull her off. It was really embarrassing. Oh, um, that's fucked up. Yeah. Wrap it up. But I, I, I wanted that song to be so much better because of how underserviced the female characters end up being in the show. Um, but other than that, like, yeah, the songs are great and, I don't want to. I don't want to give away too much about the show because it's still. It just came out on Friday, so I think people are still kind of catching up to it. But, um, yeah, I don't know, Max. Well, I mean, we're gonna watch it no matter what, right? I don't think anybody had heard of Hamilton honestly until Friday, though. So it's like very, very new, very fresh. Yes, of course. Um, I did. I did find there was a guy on Twitter at Pixelated Boat. I don't know if either of you have seen his or her tweets, but um. He, they tweeted, finally watching Hamilton. This is what everyone's so excited about. And it's a screenshot of Lin-Manuel Miranda on stage as Hamilton with the caption, my name is Hamilton and I'm here to say, we're going to learn the history of the USA. (laughs) See, that's what I'm talking about. That's what it felt like for the first half of it. Yeah. Uh, This is another line. Um, Colonial rule by England is what I detest. Writing the Federal's papers is what I do best so accurate so accurate Um, one thing that did bum me out about uh about this about uh the ladies inclusion in this is that only the guys got to rap for the most part and then the ladies just all had to do uh disney princess songs yeah yeah that's what i i i they're a little underserviced and i kind of wish they had more to do in the show yeah i agree and most of the songs that they did put in with them are just about how much they love Hamilton. It's yeah, they're they're the women's songs are always about like in service of how much they love the men the men they're with. Roll up to the theater, get by and what we're handling. You can call us Eric Burr from the way we're dropping Hamilton. Parked in our seats, moving trivia. Um, guys, I put together a quick little game that I think we will continue onto the Patreon, but I thought we could start here. And it's in honor of sure. our 100 episodes. 101 now. 101. Um, <laughs> I collected a list of every movie we saw for the podcast and their Rotten Tomatoes scores. So we're going to find out, are these <laughs> fresh, rotten, or forgotten? And uh, I have the list of not quite a hundred movies, but we'll get through as many as we can on this and then we'll continue on to the Patreon. But I have the name of the movie, the Rotten Tomatoes score, and I'm going to have you guys try and guess the Rotten Tomatoes score and whoever comes closest will win the point for that movie. Oh, rad. Are you guys ready? I think I can handle this. Robert, are you alive i believe he might be frozen (laughs) very very good uh screenshot for it to end on yeah robert the timing was great robert can you hear us you're moving again can you hear i yeah i'm 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 having a couple glitches but i'm i can hear you now okay did you hear the explanation that i gave i think i heard if you were trying to get as close to the score as possible when you say the name of the movie yes and so we're going to start 
Yeah, bear, bear with me. I'm, I'm getting some weird spottiness, but I'll hopefully I, I stay connected. Okay. Shout out to CenturyLink. <laughs> um, all right, let's start it. Let's start at the beginning with Man of Steel. What do you guys uh, okay. think is the Rotten Tomatoes score for Man of Steel? If I remember correctly, other people did not hate this as much as they should have. I think that it is somewhere around. 6.4. Six, okay, Rotten Tomatoes is out of 100% percentage points. <laughs> so 6.4 out, out of 100. <laughs> All right, so I'd say a 64. 64. Okay. Robert, what about you? Yeah, I'm, get, I'm getting lots of chug. What was the what was the movie? Man of Steel. What was the movie? It's, I'm getting it's chugging a bit. It was a uh, Man of Steel, Robert. Oh wow! Um, ooh, is that fresh? No, it's not. Man of Steel. Man of Steel. Fifty-four. Fifty-four. No, is it fresh? Is it fresh? Is it is it fresh? I'm going with fifty-four, but now I'm second guessing myself. I wonder if it got fresh. Robert. You've won the point. It was at 56%. Oh, damn. Uh, All right, well. And 60 is the fresh threshold. 60 is the, the fresh the threshold. The threshold, yeah. The threshold. Um, okay. Max, honestly, not. it was not a bad guess. You were still close, but not, not close. Max, I was, I was completely glitching out to begin with, Max, so this is embarrassing for you. Yeah, I think you actually said a different number, and, and Andrew caught the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. We got movie number two that we did in our podcast. It is The Happening. M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening. Oh, gosh. I I would think that's closer to 37 or something like that. I think that one was pretty bad. So you're getting Yeah, I think that got panned. I'm going to go lower. I think that got panned pretty hard. I'm going to go 31. So Max is 37. Robert, you're 31. Mm-hmm. That's correct. It is sitting at 18%. Robert, you have won the point oh, as well. Oh, my God. 18. Wow. I thought there That's were a couple of people. Than like, I thought. They were the, 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 what's the term? The blush was off the rose? I don't, I don't know. The bloom. The <laughs> bloom. I was trying to make a plan connection because of the happening. Uh, okay. So movie number three is movie 43. That had to this, be somewhere somewhere in the ninety upper nineties, I would correct, say. That's correct. Yeah, I'm, I don't yeah, I'm actually about. debating if it's going to be single digits. You, it was so so bad. You just got to wonder how many people actually watched it to review it, and of those people who made it through, what did they say about it? I uh, I would think that was probably near an eighteen as well. I I'm going to go below an eighteen. I'm going to go with a uh, uh, sixteen. Six? 16. Oh, 16, 16. Um, I'm going to go with the 6.4. <laughs> this is tough because I think Max has the right idea. <laughs> Although I'm wondering, like, his, I'm going to undershoot Max's spirit. I'm going to do, I'm going to do 12. Oh, you price is right at me. Let's see. The movie is currently sitting at 5%. <laughs> so Robert, Wait, I did, 
What are you talking about? I did 6.4. Oh, you changed it to 6.4? <laughs> the last second I switched it. You heard me. All right. Play back the tape. Play right. back the tape. Max, I, 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 I didn't hear that. Max, we're counting it for you. Uh, Max's guess of a 6.4 gets him closest to 5%. I hope I don't lose by one. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next movie is I, Frankenstein with Aaron Eckhart. Uh, who could forget? Um... I'm gonna guess on I Frankenstein. I'm th- I'm putting this up, this one in the in the twenties. I'm gonna say twenty one. I'm gonna say twenty. Take that, Robert. Max, you can't. You should do that. <laughs> Turns out it's probably sh- gonna be tw- twenty five or something. He should because I Frankenstein also sitting at five percent. Max, you are closest. Holla. That's the point. Five percent, man. That seems low for that movie, even though it was god awful. It's garbage. It's really bad. Um, but so is the happening, and that's ten points up. And I also, but wanted, I think there's. I wonder if the happening had a like Shyamalan fatigue on it, though. You know, could be. It and could. I, I do also want to say that these five percents are not the worst rating of yep. the movie on our. List. I'm honestly just trying to like think about like what historically like i'm like what has gotten like a zero or a one and i'm like was anything at that time that bad it feels like a lot of stuff was like kind of like in the teens or in the 20s or something uh so the fifth movie on our list is marvel's guardians of the galaxy that that i think would be closer to like a 95 ish yeah i'd say i'm gonna say 95 i don't think it's quite that high i'm gonna say 80, I'm going to say 91. Wow. On the money, Robert. It is 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Underrated. Like Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> it is the Boardwalk Empire of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. All right. I don't know how many seasons there are of it, and I feel like I've watched it a million times. Um, we will cut it off on this last entry, and then we will continue this discussion on the Patreon. But here is the last entry in the game for the main episode. Adam Sandler's Jack and Jill. Wow. <laughs> and featured, featured in the intro of this uh, podcast. Correct. And it marked the moment I gave up on this podcast. <laughs> I thought that was Gods of Egypt. <laughs> yeah, there actually was a moment. Huh? Yeah, that um, was a real... I was like, I was worried about you after that one. Um, let's it see. started Jack here, and though. Jill. The beginning of the decline. Ja- wow, early. Don't Jack forget. and Jill. Yeah, Dunkachinos. Oh, see, Dunkachinos might put it into uh, into like the most memorable films of all time. Um, I'm going to go with eight, 18, 18%. I'm I'm gonna put it at five. I just don't think that it's any better than any of the other fives that we <laughs> heard about. Max, you have won the point. Jack and Jill sits at three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Good, accurate. It is the yeah. lowest score of any movie we watched on Rotten Tomatoes. I can't imagine anyone going in and writing writing a good review right. saying anything good about it really especially these are critic scores too so it is like it's mm-hmm. it is one of yeah it has to be one of adam sandler's lowest 
scored movies. Um, and I feel like it's especially bad because before it came out, Adam Sandler made a joke about how he should never do that. I think in one of Apatow's movies. Yeah, in Funny People, I think this was the sort of movie that he had. Uh, they had spoofed in a movie with Adam Sandler. Yeah. Um. So it looks like Robert's frozen again. So uh, we will end the episode here and uh, we will catch you on the bonus on the Patreon, everybody. Peace out. Enjoy. Bye. <laughs>